ready when you are. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, how uh, are you? Like, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, on, on, on all fronts. Um, on all like, fronts? Yeah, on all fronts. I mean, how many fronts, what fronts would you define for yourself? Hmm. Going deep immediately and turning things yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, I would say one front is definitely health. The other mm -hmm. front is like how people are doing like close to me, like family, closest friends. Um, and thinking if I would make a cut, like I, I think like, like up to now, I would say I would always have like more like the conventional path of like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. studying and internships and like job opportunities and that kind of stuff. But also kind of like how much am I able to push my own projects? Uh, how much can I do my side hustles or things like on my way? Uh, so I would uh, say uh, those, those four things. How about you? Cool. Mm, I guess pretty similar. So like health pretty in the beginning like recently i've been thinking of this uh, analogy to to an airplane you know like you can't you, sh you need to put your air mask on first um before you can i don't know help anyone else um because if you don't do that everything else falls as well um and i think uh. that's very relevant for like not just health but also like pretty much any other like topic, if you think about happiness in general, or like take the topic of wealth and everything, like before you, like how should you be like very generous if you like haven't looked after yourself, you know? Um, yeah. In all of these topics. Mm. Yeah. And, no, that makes sense. That's actually a yeah, really but, cool analogy. Um, like you really need it, like the air to breathe, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty essential. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's pretty essential, yeah. And yeah, that's like you, you are your own closest friend. Um, and that's like, if you're not well, how should anyone, like, you shouldn't really direct your attention too much outwards um, before you haven't to figure yourself out in that sense or like a way like you, of course there's never like this ultimate I'm, I'm done now, but um, I think you can hypothesize a good way of like, where am I now? Where do I want to go? And like, and what's, mm. how do I think, do I get there? You know, like, all, yeah. of course you need struggle all the time. Um, but once you've set that up for yourself, um, it's, you can, that's, I think, the time where you can start directing some attention um, outwards a bit more. But yeah, mm. like the, in general, back to the question, am I, how are things? I'm good, like healthy, um, in a good relationship. I hope my girlfriend hears this. <laughs> um, and yeah, on a, on a professional side, um, like I'm, I'm also doing good, even though like, I went off path a little bit. Um, like I took in Austria, we have this thing called Bildungskarenz. Uh, so it's kind of a um, educational leave, um, and we get it paid by the government. So um, I took this after four and a half years of, of working now um, mm -hmm. to 
yeah, essentially put on my own uh, mask and, and and see where are maybe um, areas that I've neglected over the past um, and kind of yeah, open up a room of opportunities to, to figure out which ones I want to take, which ones I can take and which ones I also don't want to take. Um, so that's a very, um, very far outside of the comfort zone. Mm. Yeah. And in that, and because of that, I think very exciting. What realizations did you come to during that time? <sighs> mm. So I'm on it for two months now. Um, yeah. And the first thing I realized is how quickly I was able to shut off from work. Like before that, like for four and a half years, pretty much since I started, I was like, you know, 24 seven, this was like all I could think about. Like during the mornings, I mostly meditate for a couple of minutes. And like every time my mind drifts off, like it drifts off to the same spot, like work. Um, and because I loved it, you know, um, and I was, yeah, curious to see how fast that actually changes. And I remember like I stopped work on Friday and then my meditation on Monday in the morning, it was, and my mind was instantly traveling to, to different spaces. And I was like, I was, I could let go completely already. Um, mm -hmm. and that was one big uh realization um that i wouldn't have wouldn't have guessed that it would turn out that way um secondly i think another realization was that i have really nice friends <laughs> that that see this in the same way you know as a, as a big opportunity um because like like the first reaction for most people was actually like you know like congratulations um and that's like, I'm in a pretty entrepreneurial bubble, like VCs, um, founders, um, and, and talented students, um, talented people, uh, you know, Jerry, all right. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Barendle, yeah. um, yeah. that, yeah. And this was like their first reaction. Uh, and she's like, yeah, that's, that's good, you know? So that was another realization. Um, another one I think was, and with that I'm going to leave it, is time passes quickly. You know, like you come from yeah. a very busy schedule where you have like, I don't know, dozens of meetings a week and like a lot of work and you would not schedule kind of free time before 8 p.m. on regular days. Yeah. Um, and you're like, okay, like now, like I'm, I'm, I'm ending Sunday in a, in a way where like, okay, tomorrow it's Monday. I don't have to do anything, you know, I am not obliged to do anything. Um, and that's a lot of time like that you suddenly have. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it goes by quickly. Um, even though it's still packed, uh, and, uh, it, I'm, I'm really grateful to to have that opportunity in, in in that, and curious to to see where where it leads to. And I'm now putting more structure into it, um, mm -hmm. getting more out there because initially I was like mostly at home, like reading, um, looking at stuff, and occasionally meeting with friends to to discuss what they're up to in their businesses. Uh, and now getting out more, 
a hefty yearly review process. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And yeah, really getting out and creating momentum again, um, mm-hmm. but all in a very non-pressured way. Yeah. So, yeah. So I can uh, put it better into context because I'm not fully familiar with uh, like the last, let's say, five years. Uh, sure. So you were at like right out of school, right out of business school, you went to yeah. VC. And what were you doing? Yeah. Like what was what was the day today? And what was the day today? So I landed there on accident um, because <laughs> like back then, like five years ago, VC wasn't really a thing in Austria. Uh, True. And <laughs> so. Yeah, there were like the startups and stuff like that, but still even that was to some extent in its infancy um, compared to where it is now. You know, now we have unicorns, we have like big things. It's it's, it's getting more respected. Um, And back then it was like, ah, yeah, it's cute, you know. Um, So five years ago, I I started there as as, um, like nowadays we would call it like an, Basically, what Jerry started at, you know, like an investment analyst internship, um, and I did that for like, yeah, part time besides my studies. Even though like <laughs> part time was only contractual, uh, <laughs> and since uh, I loved it so much, like I spent a considerable amount more there. And since then, I've been kind of hooked. And I've, um, when I say what I've been doing there, I've it was kind of my playground where I left a, where I've gone through pretty much everything and left us like instead of not a trail of destruction, but a trail of structure, uh, I would say. And that's what like mm-hmm. for the last one and a half years um, left me in the spot of chief operating officer. Okay. Um, where I again, yeah, had an immense opportunity to structure the the company, um, you know, it was the biggest playground I've been in yet. Um, we had between mm-hmm. um, 10 to 15 people um, and hired pretty much all of them uh, and very like also <laughs> critical scenarios, like always like, you know, on, on razor's edge. Uh, and how has my day looked like? different pretty much every day um with yeah topics like similar themes and topics um coming up uh, here and there um like what but mm, the most regular thing i would say was like i would phrase that under leadership um so it was something that we haven't really had one when I started um, in a very structured manner. And I made sure that kind of, you know, like weekly one-on-ones with people and they really start taking care of um, the growth path of the individual people. Um, and that was, I think, my most recurring uh, theme then I stick to with the longest. I also did product. Um, so we had our product Fridays, uh, mm-hmm. where we try to exclusively work on product. Um, so I had like many hats. Um, and some I've 
kind of filled out better than than others um but some i just had to carry um and yeah it was mostly only fun uh, if i look back at it like would i do it again <laughs> probably yes like but with um maybe i would put some more effort on or um onto onto certain areas like yeah like i think because i was i was at vu actually today um in uh as a jury member for the simc master um mm -hmm. and was had the a chance to to sit with them over a coffee and one thing that i told them that i that i missed pretty completely during my college time was really what it meant to to kind of gather a network you know and what it means and what it how to do it where it has value and um this this whole concept around social capital um i only mm -hmm. uh really got this phrasing you know social capital when i was in the us like one and a half years ago actually at the program that jerry also did um a to a in summer 2021 is it the, is it the, the austin program austria to austin yeah, exactly. austria to austin um, yeah. for, for those maybe for for the people who don't know could you give like a quick Sure. So um, it's like an M U.S. embassy sponsored uh, program that flies 20 entrepreneurial people. So people that are interested in it or also ha have founded already to, to Austin to kind of get to know the American spirit when it comes to entrepreneurship and, and things like this. Mm -hmm. And you're there for two weeks. Um, you get to know Sixth Street for the people in Austin that, <laughs> that have been there. Uh, they know what that means. Um, it's usually a lot of drinking, um, <laughs> and and yeah, like the, you 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 get to know nineteen other amazing people from Austria, but also uh, get some insights into the startup world that kind of starts popping up and is by now huge in in Austin as well. Yeah. Um, and there really for the first time, because I remember like we arrived first day, next day we had like this, we had to had this canvases in front of us, you know, a business model canvas. And there was this weird question somewhere on this thing, like, you know, what could you give, what could you bring to the table? And there was of course like ideas, net, like um, money, skills, blah, blah, blah. And one tiny thing was social capital and it was something that I wasn't really familiar with in that term um, up until that point. Um, and how she explained it is in a way that, you know, how many favors do you have that you could ask for from people um, um, until your social capital kind of is depleted? How many intros could you get? How many mm -hmm. um, like hires could you get? How, how many people would want to come work for you? Um, mm -hmm. and that really, I think that's the biggest point I took away from these two weeks. Um, okay. because it's something, you know, paying forward, it's like you're paying forward by helping people, by connecting people. And it all plays into this imaginary bank account. That's your social capital. And mm -hmm. if you do things well, um, and the people that you connect or the thing that you help with, um, either for free or let's say a very like low hourly rate, um, it will accumulate in this 
social capital bank and once at some point you will be up you know or like people will just come to you with opportunities or people will come to you with hey like i've met this cool person now i want to give back like this it's kind of building up this reciprocity but without really without like taking count um and without thinking okay i want something back but just because it's good to do it so without taking account without any expectation but kind of like opting into this this game of just really actively seeking out helping the people yeah. around you just making yeah. connections exactly so that has like that has to be your reward um and mm. if if something additionally comes back to you that's nice but And that's kind yep. of the interest you get, you know. Um, but the, the the principle like needs to be this that the knowledge of you having provided value to to some extent. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, gotcha. How do we get there? When uh, when you went back after after mm -hmm. those three weeks, like after being introduced to the concept, like did you notice any changes on how you approached your work? How you approached your life? It's hmm. a good one. I don't. I don't really think so. No. Um, like, so uh, apart from this concept of social capital, um, mm -hmm. there's only one other thing that um, that I had kind of with me as a as a thought, and that's kind of the upper how important it is to at certain stages in your life try to get into something somewhat exclusive mm. because how do you mean that like this program was like pretty competitive and pe 20 mm -hmm. people got in so of these 20 people yourself included you could think that they are in a similar life stage as yours with similar interest, right? Um, and how difficult would it be for you to find 19 people like that otherwise? You know, what's the likelihood of you finding like this high of a concentration of people um, in like a normal day setting? Um, mm, yeah. And like you have this, to some extent in university, but in university you have 2,500 people starting. Then you do like <laughs> yeah. the specialization we did, right? Entrepreneurship and innovation. And you have, again, like 80 people, highly competitive, looking, being at the same stage of their life, more or less, um, wanting the same thing. Um, Actually, I never did ENI, but I, I did. Uh, you did? Like, I, I, no, I would say that similar is like data science specialization. That oh, I okay. Did. Oh. The three I did in, at you. That was very cool. Yeah, completely different feeling just from from all the classes before and yeah. after. But a similar concept applies to that. You know, like you can directly translate it to that as well. Like yeah. similar people, similar interests, similar stage of life. Um, so you form much tighter connections with them than with yeah. many other people. Let's say, um, especially if you want to change the circle you're in, right? Um, yeah. And that uh, like doing that I think is good um, if you 
if you want to move forward or if you want to move anywhere. Um, you can also, like, if you want to do a lot of drugs, like, wh where would you go? You know, you would go out uh, partying yeah. all the time. You yeah. like, it's again like similar people in a similar environment, um, <laughs> looking for the same thing that you do, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, like it, once you're aware of that, you can really start controlling that. Um, yeah. And and I think that's very powerful. Mm -hmm. so okay. maybe like the awareness of driving your environment is another thing that I took away from that or that I was more consciously applying I would say okay um, like the, the 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 topic of like um, wait how, how would you call it like uh, social capital that, mm -hmm. that was what you called it right mm -hmm. uh, like when you like from from that forward like being introduced to that concept like how did it how did it change you like like what was the the significance about it the significance about it was the feeling of how much that's actually worth okay um or how much it could potentially be worth you know if like you can literally compare it to a bank account like you if you make a good connection if you're helpful to someone um that can even be in the position of being like a mentee you know like being a good mentee mm -hmm. also pays into your social capital because um your mentor will think and see hey like you act upon my advice like you're a nice person to chat with um and you like you drive things forward. So if you ask me for an intro and like, I'm this, I'm the big shot, you know, um, am I willing to make this intro or not? Um, yeah. That's part of, uh, the, of your bank statement, <laughs> the social capital. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing, like the, yeah, the highest significance really had this awareness. Like there is this thing and we are in control of it. Um, and we mm -hmm. can curate it. Um, and it will, it costs very little, um, yeah, to do. Um, and it pays, it has the potential to pay huge dividends, um, far ahead in the future. Um, so it's also again, training this, um, long-term mindset of, of doing things, you know, it's not like, Hey, like I call you up and I'm like, Hey, how are you? Can you do me this? Um, and you instantly say, well, yeah, if I do you this, then please do me that, you know? Yeah. But if I just call you out of the blue, like how likely are you going to do this for me? Yeah. You know, so there's also effort going into kind of cultivating a healthy foundation of in this relationship um, that then enables you to to know what this person needs or or can give and that's where you can then become the platform to bring people together yeah uh, gotcha uh, it feels very uh, okay put this it uh, like a social capital 
just thinking of like way way back how when humans came to existence, I feel like that was all there really was, right? Like uh, it was only kind of like um, forming groups or just like being like connected with other people and knowing that uh, if you kind of like take care of them in one way or the other, um, you can rely of when when the hard times come to yeah, like they, they have your back. And yes, nowadays, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they have your back. Having yeah. having one's back changed, or maybe for some groups it, it also hasn't. You know, there are some people where that I would expect to have my back in a way different way yeah. than I would expect different groups uh, to have my back yeah. in. Mm. So the currency in the social capital bank is also different from group to group. Actually, if I'm thinking about it. That is true. Uh, yeah. uh, interesting to explore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, can you can you think about like uh, how would you describe your your social bank account? So I'm uh, I'm not looking at it as much. Or I can't identify as much with the with the bank account, but uh, generally. It's uh, I feel like it's something that I came to realize is very important to me very early on. Like uh, the first time I really joined the like a group uh, and network, in a sense, uh, it was a yeah. um, when I was still in high school. I was in school student politics and school politics mm. uh, for a while and. Uh, feel like out of that, like once the, let's say, the day-to-day kind of ended when like the first generation of people you knew were kind of like further away, I think it kind of started with like, hey, um, would be really cool if you could do that or hey, uh, I would really need help for that. And I think okay. it just kind of this like same tribe, same group, like everyone was, it was like a super emotional bond you kind of had to. Mm-hmm. To a lot of people, and uh, from that on, just felt like supernatural to do that wherever I went. And uh, obviously, as you said, like different intensity for different people. Like especially people I knew directly. Let's say like this, um, like you know, like social networks. We have like those different knots, basically. Yeah. So like, are people are away from you? Mm-hmm. Obviously, people close to me. I was like never like no mm-hmm. something uh, was just supernatural just to provide it and uh, the the further people got away but even, even still I feel like I'm I was always very open uh, even without an introduction just thinking back like how many people uh, sometimes texted on LinkedIn regarding some organization like recruiting process for an internship or whatever CV checks all that kind of stuff like. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, maybe in the general sense, I feel like I would not be where I am right now if people hadn't given me a chance or just helped me without any sort of commitment uh, or not out of necessity, but just like out of goodwill. And I kind of feel like yeah. um, uh, there is, I, I want to keep that going. This helping, like people helping each other 
is just something I really enjoy. And I really also enjoy like observing that from the outside if other people kind of having those same experiences that they're like mm-hmm. super, just like super happy, super grateful about like a generosity a random person uh, showed them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really enjoy that to push that. Uh, to but now I'll, I'll add a little bit of a controversial point here. because like, if you think about it, Everyone is like looks to some extent to them first. So let's you're reasonably talented, right? Um, being in Stanford right now, I think uh, proves that to some extent. Um, so <laughs> could you like if people help you, you know, then true selflessness is I think a nice thing to to strive for, but it's never really there. So even if people um don't do it with an immediate thought of like, I want this back or maybe in the future, like they still think, Hey, you're talented. I'm going to help you out because I don't even know where you will end up, but I think it's going to be somewhere good. And then I would want to be, and that's kind of the compounding, you know, if I help you at a very early stage in your life with something very basic and you kind of you grow exponentially um, with your skills, with your career, with whatever it is um, over the next five years, my, the thing that I've done, if I've kind of kept the relationship, at least to some extent, will have compounded by that rate. Mm. Okay. I, I, I can see that. And I also see like personally how it would play into my behavior in in some ways but generally i feel more i feel i feel less i feel less incentive to to the compounding and more i don't know like i'm i'm not very let's say esoteric <laughs> in, in a sense <laughs> yeah, i don't necessarily believe in karma but yeah. uh, still like maybe maybe it's maybe it's something like the law of attraction kind of like yeah. if you just put out there and just uh help people like i i, f- I feel like more like in in the surrounding like if you have a certain mindset that you would mm-hmm. like to see in others as well and you just act on it you kind of lead by example and then others yeah. might act on it. And then just super randomly, it might actually come back in, in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's more like, a, like I more do it out of a sense of I want to push this because I think everyone will be better off. And this everyone will be better off. Yeah, I guess in the end, I, I would also be, be better off. Like yeah. if everyone around me is happy, I would probably also be happier. Just, yeah, just and if you're in a good place people around you will too. And, and the people yeah. that will not, so. you've kind of shed away. Um, Cause yeah. either they dragged you down or like they haven't given you what you needed um, or yeah. asked too much, you know, like if someone comes to you and like, and, and constantly asks, but never gives at some point, like, okay, maybe this time I don't. Um, that That and, is true. Yeah. Yeah. I That's mean, true. we've been speaking about this for, for more than 25 minutes. So one could, one could, Imagine, like it, it feels like a very calculated environment that we're kind of right now drawing up. Um, mm. But 
I think power lies in being aware of it um, and still doing what, what feels right. And insert, like, if you know you want to, like, if you have a goal in front of you, like, let's say you want to meet person X or you want to start that or you need something, like, that's the time when it comes, like, when you can start doing it in a calculated way because it maybe helps your business, maybe it helps your, your friendship, maybe, like, I don't know, someone is sick and you need the best doctor, you know, you're going to call in your social capital and see that you can bring this person there. Um, but it's actually not going to deplete your social capital because if that really happens, like this person will be forever grateful and will do everything in their power to actually help you out the next time you need something similar or even more. Um, so you do it out yeah. of goodwill and by doing that and by doing it well, you will inevitably start compounding something good for yourself. Hmm. Okay. Like I, the, there's definitely a taste of like uh, being calculative, like like calculation. Um, but uh, I, I feel like where it ends is, or like it is kind of stigmatized, right? Like this whole topic. Uh, but I feel you feel the difference between the people who do it because they're already like. Uh, like they're counting, yeah. They're counting, 100%. counting points. The difference between the people who just just do it out of like a bit more of a greater sense. No. I mean, still maybe yeah. We're like we are, we are very social creatures, and I th I pretty sure like this uh, this uh, social currency, I guess, is uh, is one is very very deeply rooted in uh, us. Uh, there's actually <laughs> it's actually a funny thing. Uh, you know the the TV show The Mentalist. Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it actually. It's it it's so just a just a guy who who like plays in in Sacramento. It's like with a fictional uh, police department and or mm -hmm. yeah, criminal department in, in in California. And he used to be like a a mentalist uh, and scam people and uh, okay. like street art in that sense. And he, he joins, like long story, but like, joins the, the police department as a consultant on the side. And there's one uh, scene that I have to think of often, and that is generally we think that if we want someone to be in, like that we have like a favor for that person, is uh, mm -hmm. like to, to ask them something, to build trust. Like it, w it was about trust building. If we want someone um, to quickly build trust with someone, we would think helping them out is the mm -hmm. way to do it. But what they're saying and kind of like putting that like around uh, is that's actually not true. But the, in reality, if you invested in someone else, that's how you build trust. Because if someone else invested in you you kind of like okay i don't but if, especially if you don't know that person at all you might be like yeah. a bit ah a bit now i own this person like what if if that comes to me the next time uh if he or she comes to me the next time like do i have to do something i might not be 100 happy with doing uh so yeah. actually there's like helping someone out and you're like okay that person is kind of my depth like maybe not even consciously they're talking like on an unconscious uh, in an unconscious way. Uh, 
And mm-hmm. uh, like in that scene, it was kind of like the, the detective would sit next to the person they wanted to win their trust and they would um, kind of like acting as an accident, like pouring the glass over themselves and that other person next to them would help them like wipe that out. Uh, mm. Like, or I think they even spilled it like over that other person and the other person would be like, okay, no big deal. And they would be like super okay. sorry and blah, blah, blah. And that was kind of like the example they made. And I, I have to, like, I saw that episode like what, 10 years ago. And I mentally someone's sometimes go back because it's so like, it was so contrary to my belief. And I actually have to follow up on that if that's, uh, uh, if that's really yeah, social I, I, science. I, I, and I can add something to that because if, if you don't want to quote out of the mentalist, this actually goes back to like, Benjamin Franklin um, yeah. said the, the best way to kind of get people to like you is to let them do you a small favor. So let's say you move, mm. you move into a new neighborhood um, and if you want to, like you, you go to your neighbor and you're like, hey, like we just moved in here. Would you be so kind and like lend me your drill, you know, like and most people happily do so. And if you behave nicely, give it back nicely, like people have this innate desire to be helpful. And by doing that, you let them live that out, which in turn makes them like you. (laughs) So, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, gotcha. I feel like it sums it up pretty well, yeah. Uh, It's good that it is actually common wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think um, it's common wisdom, uh, but I'm just saying, like, if you want, it, it, it's, it's an, it, it's historically established by Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so in either group, you can be like, either you put, you pull out the mentalist card or you pull out the Benjamin yeah. Franklin card, right? <laughs> so, uh, nice. Okay. Uh, no, like I, I really, like I know, I often think of, Or I'm a big proponent of um, setting an example, like being, like kind of being the person you want the others to be, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that doesn't uh, actually describe. Well, do you, it like, it do just, you think that that creates can also create conflict? How do you mean? Like. Let's say you have a pretty good um, idea of how things should look like. And mm-hmm. obviously there are like, there are certain areas where good is much like more broadly known and like commonly defined, you know, like it's obviously better to do like exercise than to not exercise, right? Um, so if someone doesn't exercise and you like, maybe should at some point, um, then in general, what you're saying is more good than bad, right? It's like, you could say, you saying that is to some extent understandable and actually good. Mm -hmm. Whereas if the other person says, just like stay at home and like be on the couch with me the entire time. um, And, you know, we like, I don't know, eat a lot of sweets and do nothing. People would not say, yeah, you could actually 
ask that to become true. Like that's not as good. Maybe it's it's complicated. Like where where I want to, I, I need to 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 pick that up a little bit. Let's say like you're in a university, right? And yeah, you're like you have like people that are, that study and people that don't study. Like it's in general better to be the person that says ah, maybe we should we should go home now. It's one a.m. Um, and because we need to study tomorrow, or we should study tomorrow. And people would in general say that's a good thing to say that versus mm-hmm. yeah let's stay out longer you know you would be more in the right than the other person yeah and in like that can create conflict ah uh, okay right? i see what you mean because it, like how do i get there is like you want to set a good example um but how how enforcing are you in setting a good example hmm Yeah, I feel like there's there's something that some part of it might actually be how much solidified are you in your like your own self, your own being. Like how much do you need others to behave the same way as you're behaving and how much you're just like I'm I it's it's just me like yeah, I'm just going to do whatever I think is right and not really mm-hmm. caring about the others. Uh I would say over time, I have definitely moved more away from I need everyone else to behave like I'm behaving and more like I'm just going to do whatever I think I'm right. Like, mm-hmm. But uh, early on, like let's say 15, 16, 17, definitely stronger social pressure, I want to say, especially when it comes to like going home and doing the reasonable thing and like being more <laughs> conscious about what Priorities, right? I mean, it comes down to priorities. Uh, do you rather want to party or do you want to perform well in school or do you want to just feel rested or want to do all the other things uh, that you might not be able to do if you stay up until six in the morning <laughs> partying in Park's Garden? <laughs> um, but, uh, that's, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a valid point, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Hey. I only have this in in German here, unfortunately, because I was, it's something that I kind of, like I haven't really answered that question to myself. Um, and luckily I didn't need to as well, um, <laughs> but I only have it in German and I can't translate it on the spot because it's like, it's coming from like meditations from Mark Aurel. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it, it's it, maybe you have a you have a German copy or an English copy, mm. but I'll, I'll, maybe I'll translate it. I'll try to translate it later, um, <laughs> or maybe, maybe can, it's, it's, it's it's from it's from book six, um, quote point twenty six. Um, if you want to read, maybe you type in the first couple of words maybe we can we can look it up yeah, what do they say uh, mark so aurelius book six, book six. Hmm. Uh, we need someone like joe rogan you know who can who can google stuff <laughs> like uh yeah a young jamie <laughs> definitely <laughs> every podcast needs a young jamie yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. You, you can add that at some point. 
it's really nice. It, 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 like I'll, I'll boil it down to the essential. It's like he essentially says like what shame um, it is to not let people strive um, what they feel adequate and also reasonable um, to themselves. Um, and, and still it is what you do when you kind of judge their mistakes. Um, and because that's <laughs> tough because mm, they let themselves kind of be drawn to this direction. Um, but yeah, they let themselves be drawn to to that direction because they feel that this is what it's um, what is adequate and and reasonable, even if it, in a general sense, might not be. You know, um, and you're then saying, yeah, but like you're cheating on yourself um, because that would actually be, commonly speaking, the best way to go. Um, and yet you shouldn't say that. And then he says, yeah, like teach them and, and, and show them what is right. Um, instead of to some extent judging them and be like uneasy with yourself if they do what they do. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so translation rather bad. than making it. <laughs> like rather making it a negative of okay why are they not behaving like I'm behaving you kind of like okay maybe they just haven't haven't seen a good enough reason yet so maybe yeah, to some extent, just... show them the way but in, in like maybe so, but in the end like don't be too of course out, but don't okay. don't be pushy um, yeah yeah that yeah that's actually that's, uh, I really like that I feel like if you if you really try to force especially like social change like everyone has their own head uh, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, whenever people try to force you to do something for one reason or the other, there's always a backlash. Uh, when you do it just by example, like you just do your thing, people, people will notice, right? Be so good they can ignore you. Be so good, good they can't uh, uh, Have so you like actually read the uh, book? No, I have not. Um, I read some passages. Are you a big stoic? Mm. Or do you mean the book, Be So Great You Can't Ignore You? Because I don't know that book. <laughs> There's actually a book that's called like that. Um, be So Good. No, but like, yes, speaking of, of the whole stoicism thing, maybe that's an interesting thing to, to delve into a bit more. I mean, I've, I started reading um, um, meditations in the beginning of, of COVID, so like May, March, 2020. And it's a fascinating book. Um, I still didn't get through the whole thing, um, but mm. I think it's also not meant to do that. Um, it's just like this passage alone, like I read it yesterday and it made me think for like an hour, you know, um, and right now I have the luxury to, to then take that. And like, I read it for sure like 20 times, you know, um, I wrote it down in my journal because it was so, so strong, like literally word for word. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, how should I, how should I think about that? You know? And 
it was intense. Like still right now, it's I'm like I don't know the answer to that. Um, yeah, and there are many points like this where you're just like, wow, like that's way too much to take in right now. Um, so I've had a very good time with um, Ryan Holiday. Um, read like I think three books by now from him. Um, uh, Daily Stoic. And I've actually not him? read the Daily Stoic, um, but that, that that's but in, uh, like I've read. Yeah, yeah, it's from yeah. Ryan Holiday. Um, and like ego is the enemy, obstacle is the way, like stillness is the key. And now okay. I've another one. Like they're kind of repetitive, but I think that's to some extent the whole point of it because it's like the principles are more or less the same. It's only like the, the different people that have applied them in a in a way that yeah. you can maybe replicate. Um, and it's also nice to spend time with this topic. So like, yeah, maybe it's similar, but still like I spend a couple of hours with this book. So I'm getting deeper into the woods of this topic. Um, and I think it's something that, that everyone could use a little more of. Today. Yeah, can you maybe give like a quick uh, summary for people who have never heard of Stoicism, uh, like what it actually means and where it comes from? Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure that if I'm up to the task, um, but essentially, um, I think the title of the obstacle is the way, or the titles themselves are very descriptive, you know. Um, so I think a Stoic lives in a way that's well below his means. Um, you take Seneca, for example, he only, even though he was a rich man, he only had, even like he sold everything that he had and only lived with one of his slaves, you know, which <laughs> by that time was very little. Um, and so, yeah, being peace with yourself to like, and still striving to, to, get better every day like mm -hmm. i'll have to get it quickly where do i have this <laughs> um uh because actually uh here i have it um <laughs> after reading um ego is the enemy i was able to settle a very long intellectual conflict that i had with my grandma <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, every time when I went home, I'm coming from this more rural part in Austria that's still very industrial, um, not to call it, not that you get the imagination that they're only cows. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, like every time like, I, I went to visit my grandparents, um, we kind of got locked up in this intellectual debate about about money to some extent right um where it's like my, my grandparents they also like my granddad unfortunately passed last year um but they lived a very nice way life and i think they my grandma still is, and I think they both were very happy people. Um, so I didn't take it lightly what they said. Um, and yet still every time, like we kind of talked about it, you know, like since I was working in venture capital, like it pretty quickly, 
like revolved around millions of euros and like big numbers and like yeah why do you do all of this you know like explaining the concept of venture capital to a 90 year old person is actually quite a challenge um, like, so so what is it that you do you know like there you have people they have been in war and you tell them ah yeah you know like there are people and like there are startups and they produce software and they need money and maybe at some point like you get a lot of money back um there's actually a very good like their account on, on, on Twitter and on, on, LinkedIn, Madeline Lawrence, she works at Peak Capital and she has a, <laughs> she takes it with a nice pinch of salt um, and a good amount of humor. She's like, yeah, like, what's her job title? She's like, yeah, or what is she doing? She helps old white men make more money. Old white rich men uh, make more money because essentially then, <laughs> and she's like 100% yeah. on spot because Without that intention, the whole innovate, like they're not doing it for the innovation. Maybe like to some degrees they do that, but yeah. it's, it's not philanthropy, you know? So no, they want to make money. Yeah. It's they're in the game of making money. Yeah. Like for, for Warren Buffett, it's also like, it's his score count, you know, like how much money he has. Like he doesn't really care about the money. He cares about the score. Um, yeah. And so yeah, with my grandparents, it, like it always, like in the end, you started about like, ah, like, okay, like, okay, money, you know, well, like, what does it help you? And how does it like let you lead a better life? And da, da, da. And there I was sitting, you know, like this 20 <laughs> uh, something year old dude with like his combined knowledge about life and happiness and of, yeah, what, 170 years. And, being like, ah, actually, no, like, you know, what should you take and what should you not take? Because things need to change across generations. Um, and yeah. you need to be, and you want to be respectable of what they have achieved and, and how they think. And at the same time, you need to add your own ideas. Um, and now circling that back to the Stoics and in the book, Ego is the Enemy. Um, um, yeah, there, I think I'll, I'll quote this. Um, yeah, we, we, one more sentence before that, like, so, because it was always then with my grandparents about making more money, essentially, <laughs> like, because that's how you keep counting this game, right? Um, like the closer you are to working with money, the more that becomes the objective and the thing on the scorecard. Like if you work with refugees, it's, like, it's much further away from money. Like you care much, like you're much deep, more deeply involved with people and how they are and things like that, but not everyone's good at that. Um, yeah. And I, by accident, ended up happening in VC, so it was about making money. Um, and yeah. even if you start a company, you know, as soon as you have shareholders, your mission of the company is quite important, but in the end, <laughs> your investors will want to see some return right <laughs> yeah, you share, and you share become part of the product that you're offering yeah and then after and i never could i could i was never able to give them an answer that would leave us uh on where we were both able to say yeah okay like we agree on that you know, they were like, yeah, okay, you you do your stuff and we, we've done it differently. Um, we're always kind of a twist and, and a fight. And 
then I read this book and I was like, okay, that is the answer to that. And that was like, wanting more without ego is becoming the best version of yourself. Um, and with ego, it transforms into entitlement and greed. Wanting more without ego is it's wanting to become the best version of yourself. Mm. Uh, and if you add ego into it, it's because without ego, you're kind of living by the stoic principles and like you do it because like you're in the grind, you're making the obstacle the way and you are working hard, even though you maybe don't need to anymore to get to tomorrow, get up and be a better version of yourself. You know? And since like, yeah, if you work with money, being becoming a better version of yourself, unless you fundamentally change what you're doing right now, um, is to making more money. And with that, you can do a lot of good things, you know? Um, but still, and, and once you do it for the ego, you're like, I want the bigger dad. I want more of this. Um, and uh, you do it for the, for the stuff um, that it enables you to do to some extent and not purely for to some extent proving your, not even proving yourself because that again involves some sort of ego. ego. <laughs> um, but just because you know that this is your mission, like you are in this world because you have certain talents um, and if you don't get better, you are wasting those talents. Um, and okay, so you would say that there are like lots of incentives to do things if you include if you're thinking from an ego perspective, but there's only really one if you exclude the ego, and that is doing things because that's. That is, to, yeah. That that that's the this other book that he said. Like the obstacle is the way. I think that kind of yeah. translates nicely into that. It's like becoming the better version of yourself is the biggest job you have, and uh, you 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 job. take whatever comes out of this as um, not as as the goal, but more of like your yeah your scorecard and your um your way of actually knowing that you you did a good job and you did become a better version of yourself um and at some point you like, of course it's very flexible you know you can become the best like but in the end since mm, <laughs> there's one big currency in the world and that is money like if you are the best at anything, you will get a lot of money. Unless it is something like, you know, if you're a Buddhist monk, um, <laughs> you, you can meditate for seven days straight. Like that's for sure, like top 0.1% in the world. Um, people will probably pay a lot of money to you in order to get even like a little bit closer to where you are um, than they yeah. are right now. So it, it, it creates attraction. Um, and 
the best way if you don't want to barter trade um, is to exchange it for money. Um, yeah. If you're really good at sports, what ends up happening? You'll sign a major contract and play in the NBA. Um, but how did you do that? Not by doing anything with money, but by being on the court 10 hours a day, practicing more than yeah. anyone else. Yeah. And every day you became a better version of yourself. And in the end, the best in the world. And people tend to pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. But if you yeah, only have the money as an incentive, like if you want to become the richest basketball player in the world, that's a pretty entitled and greedy thing to set out <laughs> yeah. for, you know, and it probably also won't get you there because you have someone who has passion just for being on the court the entire day and he will beat you every time. I think where, uh, where it gets really tough with the, with the stoicism is that you need a strong aim without aiming for something specific. Hmm. Like it's it's very intangible, right? Like this no. uh, working for self improvement or just keeping keep going for just to overcome one obstacle after the other, or climbing one mountain after the other. Yeah, no one said it's easy, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's not even but easy to wrap your head around it. It's no, it's, like it's super it's hard. So far away from our day to day as well, like from our like how society is just valuing what you do, yeah. right? You can you can listen to so many, I don't know, inspirational speakers who will who will tell you that. Uh, I don't know. Um, actually, like, do you know Naval Ravikant? Are you mm -hmm. Like, uh, do you know his podcast? Yeah, I'm not listening to him. So he basically yeah, what he does is, ah, oh, really? Ah, oh, oh, right. Yeah. Someone wrote a book the, about him, right? Yeah, the Anunnak of Naval Ravikant. Yes, actually, exactly. if you haven't read it, like you have to. Oh. It's okay. I it's, will. Yeah, uh, like I like him, Naval. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. about him. <laughs> um, so, and what so he said. Go on. And what he said, sorry, like because this guy that, that wrote the book just kind of, he, he structured it and took things, you know, that Naval said on, on his podcast or on other podcasts or wrote on Twitter and he put it in the book and said, hey, here's what he said, made into chapters. Smart. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. For, for people who don't know Naval, he, he's uh, the founder of angelist.com which is it used to be like the first big startup uh, job platform and then kind of became like an investing platform as well as far as I understand and uh, then he became like this a super well-known business angel investing like early investor in Uber and early investor in Twitter early investor in Airbnb uh, like so many startups that's how he, he pretty much it. everything yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> He's he describes himself or kind of like what he's doing now is being like a modern day philosopher uh, mm. from a very capitalistic standpoint though like from <laughs> the mindset of the Silicon Valley and uh, his podcast is actually so he basically lives on Twitter <laughs> it's just like all his thoughts are he just shoots out there and yeah. the best ones the one where the most conversation comes out of he collects them together, puts them together and then records like an episode. So there's like, for mm. example, 
Uh, and it's, it's really not an episode of, okay, I'm sitting down and going through all of them. It's more like uh, there's one called happiness. I think it's uh, half an Does hour. Does he talk to someone or is it like only him? No, it's, so it's him and his, the co-founder from AngelList. They're okay. still like, that, that guy is kind of like interviewing him. He's kind of like, okay, talk about that tweet. And mm. then he just talks about it and maybe the other person like summarizes it sometimes. Okay. But usually it's just like a, they cut together like sound bites of when they talk about um, these thoughts that he voiced back then. Uh, and uh, yeah, okay. I, can, I can recommend the one on happiness. It is like obviously from a very capitalistic standpoint. It's kind of like just solve your, like your money solves your money problems, but money problems is what 99% of the people have. So eliminate them first and then you're much happier afterwards because you can actually focus on doing a lot of things. Like that's, uh, that's not doing it justice. Actually, it goes much deeper. Uh, but this is like one, let's say, point of criticism a lot of people might have when, when they listen to it because it comes like from that sense. Nevertheless, I feel like I'm not uh, or have made very few decisions around how much uh, monetary uh, gain I will get from them but yet like his thinking I find very intriguing in a lot of ways also because uh, it it's it's very unapologetical that I really like that and it's very yeah. like you, you just have to grind there's nothing there's no there's no entitlement there is just use the cards you have on your hand and stop crying <laughs> like if you, if you don't <laughs> make actually, the yeah. it it's, yeah, uh, it, it, it's, it's work really hard it's like yeah Nothing grind. will fall into your lap. Yeah. Or it's kind of like don't, don't count on money. that, you know? Yeah, like in his perspective, it's like it's simple to make money, but it's not easy. Uh, you have yeah. to give everything from like, I think at some point he says, like, if you really want to get rich, don't cook, like outsource it. Your, your time has to be so much worth more than how much yeah. you're paying for a meal delivery service. And so you you really have to, or otherwise, like the step before is probably just living from instant noodles. I don't know. No, no recommendation from me. I'm a very strong proponent of uh, actually taking care of yourself and good nutrition. Yeah. But like this kind of line of thinking, like this absolute commitment to yeah, a certain like goal. Like setting this... Time. Like you have to, I remember this and I like, I don't know what I should think about it. Like you set yourself, like set an hourly rate for yourself. And he was like, yeah, pretty early on yeah. in my life, I set like my hourly rate to be $5,000. And like, how do you like, how do you operationalize something like this? You know, because like, even if you wouldn't cook, like you can't make 5k right now. So it's like, I get that it's yeah. like a very long-term thinking, but at the same time, there's also like it, it can get you in a rut where you don't really like where you actually can't really get out because like if you do treat it like this and like you get like you only order in or you only eat out and like yeah. you like you get everything clean and like you, you let's say you get ubers everywhere right because they're like you're so much faster and like whatever like <laughs> if you can't really make some like make this five thousand dollars pretty quickly you're gonna be <laughs> pretty yeah. much like it's an expensive lifestyle yeah i feel, I feel um, like we're doing we're not fully doing him justice right now because uh he he really builds up to that uh, and i think a, a big part is missing from it is you have to have some source of income that you can increase by throwing more, more hours on it so yeah. it's the idea of 
like it's not don't cook only order and sit on the couch and wait for the food to come. No, it's like yeah, yeah. don't like you spend have to the time, all the time in the kitchen like, that you would otherwise spend in the office working. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. kind of like the philosophy. But that is not. It's just I I can put the link in the description. It's uh it's uh, happiness from Naval, and the other one is actually how to get rich. All all tweets or something like that. It's like one and yeah, a half. How to get like how to get rich without getting lucky or without. Being ah, right. without getting lucky. Like yeah, that. that's like his original tweet storm, like pinned on his yeah. Twitter. Uh, is, yeah, yeah. It was. It's, it's very uh, interesting. Very controversial. One, like especially if you like outside of Silicon Valley and uh, I don't know banking sector. It like his his thoughts are quite controversial. But I like just if, if you guys guys if you listen to it, just take out whatever you think is valid and and fits. Feel yourself like get challenged. Your own belief systems, but there's no no need to swallow it all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was actually once my most gifted book. So I, pretty much every year I like pick out a book that I really liked from the years before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like just order a couple of them, and like when I meet someone who I think should read it or is receptive to that, I'm like next time I meet them after Christmas, I'm like. Here's like a little something that I think you either enjoy or you should actually read because it will like broaden your perspective. And like the Almanac was was that yes. book, I think, two years ago. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely. I think I even downloaded once. It's free, right? Like it's free, right? Yeah. Uh, no. I remember that Tim Ferriss wrote his one and only forward. Forward. Uh, yeah. Complaining that he never wanted to write a forward. <laughs> <laughs> That's like literally the first sentence. <laughs> I promise never to write a forward. But yet here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good memory. Uh, yeah, it's also an interesting uh, figure. But yeah, it's yeah, like there's, there's a few, a few of them in that circle, especially. It's, it's good. It's good. Not in fairness. Uh, what? What? content did you consume over the course of last year that kind of that had the biggest impact on you oh gee last year well firstly like let me what kind of content are you consuming or actually it doesn't matter like you can answer that after Okay, there's actually one one book that I recently finished. Like probably like two years, like the last two uh, two weeks before for New Year. Uh, it was called. So there, there's definitely a bias here because it was so recent that I'm still like pondering mm-hmm. about it really hard. But it's called the War of Art. Mm. And have you heard about it? I've heard about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's from but a nothing from a about what is in there. Uh, it's it's something I think of daily. Actually, uh, it's it's from a writer, and it is written for other writers and artists. But okay. there's so much to generalize from it. It's the daily fight against what he calls resistance. Like it's not okay. his original thought. I think he says where where he got it from. Like 
I don't know, maybe Plato or something like that. Uh, so it's uh, resistance being the force that prevents you from doing what you should be doing. Kind of like also stoic, right? Like you should overcome the obstacles and resistance mm -hmm. is keeping you from overcoming the obstacles. It's like this antagonist in your mind and it's mm -hmm. unapologetical. It's in a lot of senses absolute. And the only way to fight it is by doing what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. and really seeking out challenges. So mm -hmm. for him, like he talks about it as uh, around his life and like other, other writers especially. But uh, for him, it was like the difference between just like his struggle. Like for 10 years, he just struggled, lost his like, uh, like ugly divorce and everything because he was just very unhappy and not successful okay. as a writer. And uh, he overcame that it kind of by just chapter. sitting down every day and just and just grinding, <laughs> like not making any not making any excuses and just like just hustling uh, in a, mm -hmm. in a lot of senses. And uh, like he goes on, like the the first two chapters are just like defining resistance, like all the different forms it uh, it comes to you and it hits you. And, uh, and kind of like strategies on how to overcome it and how to become just a better person. And this idea of resistance, like because it's so, it, it, it basically manifests in so many things. Like you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to have, don't, you're like pushing things uh, from your to-do list. Like you don't want to send out that email. You don't want to have a healthy meal, you don't uh, want to be punctual to class, you uh, like don't want to have that hard conversation, you feel like not going to the gym today because you have like a little sore throat, uh, like all those things where it's like this, <laughs> this little voice in your head is just like, oh, maybe it's not so good to do that today or maybe you're just not that person that should do that or maybe uh, even saying like, no, but this is a really bad thing to do. You really shouldn't do it. But if there's like some okay. part of you, like you really have to start listening and understanding the voice in your head that is truly you and wanting the best for you and everything mm -hmm. around that is just resistance, trying to playing so many roles, trying to, to keep you from that. And uh, talks about like oh. different, like it's, it's not like a, it's a very weird book and it's like 130 pages. So it's not even long, but okay. every page is basically a chapter. It's sometimes like just okay. three or four sentences. So it's like very mm -hmm. quick read, but it's just like basically a definition of resistance. And this thought of resistance, I just can't get out of my head because I feel, I see it now everywhere. Like every time, okay. like it's always there and it's always in my head, like to beat resistance. That's like very stoic, I guess, very, very aligned with, with uh, stoicism in the sense that you don't care about anything that is not overcoming the obstacle. It's not just doing the hard thing that you yeah. know is right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting that you picked that. Um, I've only read the, the headline of it because yesterday I saw like, yeah, these are the 40 books I read last year. And, um, there, this was on it. Um, it was the second time oh, really? that I, I it came across it. Uh, and now, now it's you saying that, but what's like, well, I had to smirk many times now when you were saying this is because we've been like, I can pick out 
um, now meditations and there's like a passage in there where, um, you know, the most kind of powerful person on planet earth a couple thousand years ago was talking about how hard it is and how he really hates it. Like getting out of bed in the morning. Um, and like this, <laughs> this, it's like, that's so relatable. The emperor of Rome has an issue right? with getting like, out of man, bed. Man, my, my bed sheets are cozy. Like, <laughs> why can't I just stay in bed, man? I'm like the emperor of fucking Rome. <laughs> and like, he knows, like, I need to get out actually. And like, and I love that. Like Joe Rogan calls it the sock, you know, you have to get into the sock. You know, like he started doing the cold plunges and I, like he was talking about the Morosco cold plunge and like I Googled it and it's like, yeah. it's a $12,000 yeah. um, bathtub Forge. essentially, right? That <laughs> you put out into your huge garden. Keep one <laughs> yeah. Like produces, it produces ice cubes and it makes the water also, I guess, if, if you take the ultra version, um, uh, it creates small waves because ah, so like a stream, a current. So it keeps yeah. Because if you colder. don't have that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Form a like layer around small, your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan of uh, of cold exposure, actually. Yeah. Uh, How do you do it? So. Unfortunately, I don't have the means for uh, cold plunges. I'm I'm looking into some things here right now. You don't have space uh, but, for uh, more in your flat. Yeah, <laughs> 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 the money will be nice as well. Uh, but uh, I actually started like super long ago, like 2017, because it was always cold. I was still at VU, and uh, I was just always cold. And it was like winter in Vienna with like the wind and everything. And mm-hmm. I just Google like on YouTube, I just Google like how to get adjust to the cold and it was like this video for like a guy in siberia like a super heavy broad russian and uh like like one of those a thousand click youtube videos okay really (laughs) and uh uh, it was it was so crazy because he talks about these three steps like first you you take cold showers and then you just always go outside with one layer less than everyone else and then you take like cold plunges you just go like go into the nature and just go into that river or go into that whatever or just put on a rain ton and like live with water and it was just like hmm sounds intriguing and i just started with uh with cold showers and uh it i wouldn't say it really helped me i mean maybe not as much with like the cold but i feel like this mental shift like whenever i took a cold shower i just felt so almost invincible like talking especially (laughs) from the time like in 2017 I, i ran around with so much anxiety in my head like it's cool and everything like new city new people everything was just was just a lot and like i'd never really enjoyed going to view because there's just so much negative feeling around it and uh, the days when i took a cold shower it was just so much better it was so much different so um i stopped for a while and then in 2019 actually a friend of mine recommended me wim hof right now like uh the, the godfather of cold exposure basically and uh, kind of started with that. And since then, I got more and more into it. And actually, this year, New Year, so um, 1st of December, like yeah. 7 in the morning, yeah. I did my first real cold plunge in like 2 really? degrees Celsius cold water. Uh, How it did was, you do that? So I, 
kind of ended up at the New Year's party. Um, like came there like at two, three in the morning, uh, like friends of my sister and like super spontaneously. And they had uh, a pool that was still full outside and it kind of has like okay. a heat, not a real heating, kind of like a heating so it keeps above freezing level. Doesn't freeze. Yeah. And I... For weeks now, I've been talking about I wanted to do like cold plunge, like look for like a lake or something. And then there was this pool. I was just like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm definitely uh, going to do it. I was just like, whatever. Nice. And okay, then the cool. sun started to go up and I just, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a cold plunge now. And everyone was like, what the hell? Like never, never like all those like N20, beginning of 30s. Uh, people, like yeah. most of them I didn't know. And they were just like, what? And I was just like, no. Yeah, but like you <laughs> came out of this and everyone was like, holy hell, you know? Yes. And uh, like, actually, you are right suddenly after, the alpha after, guys, well, immediately. Like, okay. If, if, like you, you look so much better now. Like you, you look so happy. I, I want the same feeling. I want to feel like that starting into the new year. <laughs> like immediately after now, another person jumped in and then like over the next two hours to like people around me like, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Should I do it? And I was like, it's, it's a great feeling. Nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to stand there in, in case you're going to faint. I'm just going to pull you out. And then like, I think like two, three, maybe even later throughout the day, four or five, four yeah. other people. And honestly, the feeling was so crazy. Like I just... Did like a bump right in. It's like full body. Holy and hell. Like your whole body's just exploding. And <laughs> it's like adrenaline rush. And then uh, the like the science behind it is also like you you release so many different hormones. And especially like after like two, three minutes of cold exposure, like for the rest of the day, you have like a super boost mm-hmm. of like uh, different hormone releases. And it was it was such a great feeling. I was just like so happy, and I just stayed in there for a minute, and then uh, like I, I was just like coming out with a smile. I was just <laughs> I was just so happy that I did it. And now I'm really yeah, like, okay, I have to, I really have to use that momentum right now and look for opportunities so I can incorporate that into my day to day. Because still doing it. It just feels showers? great. And yes, yeah, I'm still doing uh, cold showers now more than. Not more regularly than before, and uh, it also, I, it's it's more for the mental kick, like really doing something you don't, they just you just don't enjoy. No one, no one, no one likes that moment, the first second. Everyone dreads turning on the cold 100%. water and making a step in. It's, it's it's very dreadful. People who've been doing it for ten years are still finding it. <coughs> that's yeah. That's, I don't know. Well, why am, how did I come to this now? Because when you said it's the war on art, right? Um, and kind of what I understood from your summary now is like that it's all about um, kind of, yeah, this resistance. And in the end, it's pretty much like if you, the core idea of it, like overcome this resistance, like get any Ryan Holiday book, like it's the same. Like if you listen to, I don't know, Jordan Peterson, many Joe mm-hmm. Rogan things, like also Huberman, you know, like, yeah. and I'm sure there's like thousands others who are like kind of going into the same direction, um, but it, it is all the same direction. And it's no wonder that you kind of gravitate 
towards that because you you like hard things and you know like once you come in contact with them like there is in in today's world there is if you want there's no uncomfort right yeah there's except for maybe mental uncomfort but you have literally you live better than any king that has ever lived on this world 100% like there's not not even a small discussion about that <laughs> from from food to to living and heating like maybe you don't live in a palace but at least it's warm for you right and like with the push of a button you order whatever food you want like you can you travel wherever you want because you just buy a cheap plane ticket with Ryanair and like boom you're off you know like emperors couldn't do this like <laughs> you get into your carriage and be dragged along by horses <laughs> and, and enjoy that bumpy ride right um so pretty much in every aspect imaginable you are living better than any and the most powerful people in the existence of the world um and you don't have to exert any force in order to do that little bit of mental force if like to study and get a good job and stuff like that but otherwise not really um and these books and these ideas they all bring us back to that you know now in home office like you can literally get up whenever you want like and your boss probably doesn't even notice it's still it's good to get up at a time that you set for yourself um and overcome this because it's kind of like a muscle why do you right like why do you jump into the cold water on january 1st because you know that the thing that comes out of this is better for you in mid and long term than the short term suck that comes from that and it, yeah. it helps you it helps you train that muscle that makes you into a better version of yourself yeah and it's kind of in this indulgence and too much of everything that we right now have especially in this generation i think it's it's some it's a message and to some extent also an answer that that many people are especially if they're people that want to like fit into the category of wanting to achieve a certain thing um are drawn to and yeah, that's why it was interesting for me to listen to your kind of summary of, of the war on art <laughs> it's like one way or another you know like you, you kind of end up in this direction where you're like yeah. hey, like get your shit together you know even though you already have that to like a major point like it's not like you yeah there are people who are way worse off and really need to, to get their shit together but even you who has it realizes that there is still a lot to figure out and still a lot to fight forward to and still a lot of of um, what did you call it um still a lot of um resistance to overcome and that's actually what makes all of this kind of worthwhile. 
Because imagine if this was if, if this was gone. Yeah. Like you really know you you really know when you encounter true wisdom if the same thing has been coming up for hundreds and even thousands of years. Like the same motive, the same. Yeah, it's like those were the people on top, and they were saying that what they're actually what yeah. they're struggling day by day is getting out of bed. So, like, yeah. and they they get better by doing that. Yeah, and yeah, like it just becomes your normal. Getting rid of their of everything that they own because like they've now that they've had it, like they've been striving for that, and like now they realize actually, you know, it doesn't give doesn't get me anywhere. Um, yeah. Anywhere, anywhere further. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. And I feel like often it's uh, often this this uh, kind of thinking comes with a drive for greater performance. Like you only mm -hmm. see often see it with like people who just want to become great, like want to achieve great things. But honestly, I don't think it's limited to that, even if you are pretty happy with like the material things around you and the, like just like your position in life. It's uh, like everyone has baggage. Everyone has mental Certainly. things that draw you down. So by overcoming them, you really, you're, you're in a, somewhat indirect way combating those things as well. And that's something I really appreciate. It's uh, whenever I feel it's getting too much, like it's like too much pressure, too much negative thoughts or whatever. I just do something I experience as very, very hard that takes a lot of um, like overcoming, mental overcoming. Uh, mm -hmm. And afterwards, everything feels feels so much more positive. Hmm. Like just yesterday, for example, I like uh, now uh, new new quarter starting, some stuff has happened in, in, in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I was just like, okay, I feel like lots of negative thoughts uh, just put on my trainers and went for a run. And like, I, I really don't enjoy running. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very unenjoyable thing for me to do. Uh, but I was just like, okay, that, that's the thing. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to run, just going to put on some, some motivating music that I enjoy. And I just sprinted over campus and until my lungs was burn, lung was burning and in between did some push-ups and like some jumping jacks and just like kept on going until the voices in my head went quiet and mm -hmm. uh, i was i was so much better afterwards like the the rest of the evening i was i was really yeah. really feeling very very well and i attribute that to overcoming something that i did not enjoy doing uh, uh, that's well, good for you uh, that, that you overcame this by by that and actually having the courage and the and and the discipline to also do it right because yeah there are also like way worse things that you could be doing in 
like a situation like this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't totally. know. You and could be like, oh my God, this is hard. I need a drink right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> which would, yeah, short term problem, like solution to a long term yeah. problem, right? Uh, but it's, yeah, or yeah. even not as hard, just I don't know, like putting up Netflix uh, and just sitting there and staring yeah. at the screen just to, to ignore it. Or in, in my words, like sometimes I, I know like my own behavior, sometimes I use podcasts just to drown out the thoughts in my head. And that's also okay. like a very short term thought. Like sometimes I do it like often, most of the time I listen to podcasts out of pleasure and out of curiosity and to, to learn something new and find new mm -hmm. ideas. But sometimes it's it's purely just gravitating towards plugging in my earpods just so I have like I don't have to think about the things um that are in my mind. And uh, that's like something I'm trying to combat, but uh, obviously sometimes it works better, sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't work at all. It's hmm. interesting. I think a friend of mine uh, recommended a, a good book to kind of get deeper into this it's by it's um, a summary to some extent by the for the teachings of carl young um maybe yeah this mm. big uh philosopher psychologist um and i said you know like you narrow down your focus so much that like I think it's like discover your your own shadow, something like this. I'm, I'm sure if you put this into Google, you'll you'll find something. It's not by Carl Jung. It's taking his en encounters and his findings, and he puts it into this book, um, and to uh, kind of see. You know, you you have to know your full self in order to uh, then and you and then once you know that. That's the point where you actually develop strength because that's the point where you then need to exert force to put down these thoughts and these demons in yourself, right? These, these shadows, of, shadows of yourself um, and by controlling them, that's what actually gives you strength. Um, and that's, I don't know how, how familiar you are to, to Jordan Peterson. No. I read uh, 12 Rules for Life a couple of times and 12 You read it a couple of times? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. I want, uh, that, that's one of the books uh, because you, you mentioned it earlier that whenever you find a book that, you, that really, really resonates with you and you see a lot of value, you give that to others. Mm -hmm. I think 12 Rules of Life was the book I have so far gifted to the most people. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it's mine this year. <laughs> so <laughs> that I'm gifting away. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know what he says really resonates with me. Um, and I see in this like one. If you've read Twelve Rules for Life a couple of times, <laughs> in this case also for you because yeah, what he says also like it, it's again the same thought. You know, um, like push yourself in the end. Like get out of bed. Um, and and clean up your house where you can <laughs> yeah well. set your house in order um, yeah, and and that's you know when he's when he talks in all these shows he's in and he's like you know like he was 
he had clients where literally the biggest accomplishment that he could that he was striving for them to do was sit up in bed in the morning mm. like and then you're like okay like on the spectrum of being that person where it's an accomplishment to sit up in bed in the morning to where you are, where it's like, it's still a struggle to get out of bed. You know, it's not like I cherish it every morning, but like, so I'm, like, where am I? Is it like, and where's that? Like, so one end of the spectrum is sitting up is an achievement. And the other end is like, what's on the other end and where do you fall in on the spectrum? Mm. I don't know where would, do you have an idea for where the other end of the spectrum could be? Do you mean like the, the opposite of the dread of really small things? Yeah. I don't in, know in if this there instance. is one, right? Like, um, I also don't know. I think it's like, it would be super weird if like there's someone who's like, like alarm rings and you, yeah, how does this materialize? Like it's this person jumps out of bed and it's like, and there's nothing better in the world for this person to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> like that would be kind of weird. And then you would, then you would be thinking, okay, like, like how can it be that this person doesn't have anything more exciting going on in his life than getting up in the morning? <laughs> like, that would also be sad. But, so that's maybe also so many, so, so many exciting things, right? But uh, like, yeah. uh, honestly. Like I'm, I'm sure there are there are people who are so excited to. I'm, I'm pretty sure even like usually morning people are a bit suspect to me because I always take a little bit of time in the morning. Although I have at least right now, I would say I'm on a on a very good high of getting out in the morning. I don't need snooze buttons. Like I, I really avoid snooze mm -hmm. buttons. Uh, but uh, like, I'm pretty sure I've met one or two people who are just like. Alarm goes off and they're just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's that's to some extent enviable, right? Um, yeah, totally. It, that is. But my point was taking this even to the more to the extreme where this is the best thing that happens in your day. Uh, that you were like, uh, there's gotcha, nothing gotcha, more gotcha. exciting. Like getting out of bed. I, I was trying to find like okay. the polar opposite of, of that. And like you, you get up, and, and from that point no, onwards, right? it's 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 only worse. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, like circling back, maybe there's just... yeah. yeah there's sorry. someone for everything, right? Um, to, for literally everything, and even that's all. I don't know if I heard last year or the year before. And it's just something that I want to sprinkle in. Like if there was a way to decrypt or interpret pi every story and every variant of that story in the entire universe is written in pi <laughs> because it's infinite how do you, how do you mean i don't follow like if you would if you would have a device where you like mm -hmm. um that you could plug the number of pi into um, mm -hmm. and it would give out, let's say text, um, 
there is somewhere in, the, in this text, we are having this conversation. Basically, like uh, if you would encode text in numbers, because yeah. it's infinite, there is an infinite. Okay, gotcha. Infinity is a weird concept. Yeah, it's like it's you can't really wrap your head around it. And, and for me, this was like no. the best way to like. There is also a a, a story where you you would have got it immediately. Are you? You would have asked like a, a second time, everything, and that's like this is infinity. Yeah. Uh, interesting <laughs> that you have that with pi. That's huh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's for me, it's the the multiverse theory. That just ev everything, like you have at every given point in time. Every atom is placed different. There's like one version where every atom is just like one, I don't know, point to the left, point to the right, up, down. And uh, given that, given that you can go through the almost exactly same life that you're having without any significant difference, but just like a little bit of difference, or yeah. everything can be like drastically different. And that just makes it so weird. In a lot of in a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it's, a, it's a weird. It is <laughs> super weird. So there is essentially also a world in which in which we are this person that like that whose biggest achievement is to sit up in bed, and there is also a version of yeah. us that's like jumping out of bed in the morning. <laughs> and <laughs> true, true, true. So yeah. But we're we can work towards becoming more of that version, um, and maybe this <laughs> this this other version is, is is doing something to your detriment. And that's yeah. Speaking of that, that's also like what, a powerful question from from JP, where it's like, if I asked you what is one thing that you're doing right now that is absolutely um, detrimental to your life right now like you don't you get answers pretty quickly or do you not if there's one thing that is no, if, if, like, what is the one thing that if you continue that if you would stop it right now um, mm -hmm. even though you might not be doing it right now but you just say I don't do it anymore but improve your life significantly and get you much faster, much further ahead towards where you, you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> big big thing yeah but yeah i still like the one i'm gravitating towards because it's uh 
it came it came up recently. Um, is I still or okay? One thing I would really like to change that I think would be significant is that occasionally it's really important to me what a person thinks of me. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, a need for harmony in that sense. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's less now, although in the past it was uh, much more true. So uh, that I, I generally need everyone uh, to like me, where I'm like always super conscious of what is everyone thinking. But uh, mm-hmm. I have some people from the past where I'm just like, or where I'm just getting annoyed when when I feel like. Uh, having like a negative perception of me it's very it's very specific people like it's never like the overall broad broad thing mm-hmm. but uh, and i feel like this kind of thinking is just a, a negative downward spiral it's not mm-hmm. there's no value in that except if i i would be like super analytical super reflective and just be like okay maybe that's and i could change my behavior based on that but then again why would i change my behavior just because someone perceives me Things as like something yeah. uh, like should, should, I should be totally fine with people having a problem with me in a, in a way uh, because <laughs> um, like you, there's no control I have over that like no absolute control I have over that sometimes it's just uh, sometimes I don't like people just because in that moment I have like a negative mindset and I don't want to like that person so why shouldn't it be okay for other people not to like me just because I like them don't, yeah. don't like that person so I feel okay. like that would actually make a significant difference because that would be yeah, your answer. It's, it's ballast. Yeah, that's the first one I came up with. Yeah, that really struck me hard. Yeah, but you see, it's like there. It, it doesn't. It's a big question that's easy to answer, and everyone can can yeah. do that pretty quickly. And if you resolved the first thing that came to your mind. Like you would be on the path of, of, of better, but it's uncomfortable. What is it for you? What is it for me? Good question. (laughs) Um, For me, it's like, I have this all start, no finish thing where I'm like, I, I never really sit down and drive something over the finish line. You know, like millions of ideas um, and tons of initiatives. Um, I don't know, like especially now, right, that I have time and many things that I'm passionate about, but it's like, okay, wow, that's cool and that's cool and that's cool. So I like, I, I dip my toes in many things, but never fully jump in. Um, and even less so swim in it, in it <clears throat> or swim to the other side. And that kind of, yeah, it never, never exposes me to, to the full amount of, of, of learning from that situation, right? And let's say, like, I don't know, I'm only social media I am on still is Twitter mostly. Like I, no one's on Facebook anymore. Anyways, um, Instagram, I also deleted um, then Twitter and, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn also gives me kind of anxiety because it's like, it's, it's like 
LinkedIn is to the business world what kind of Instagram is to beauty and like body and whatever. Like yeah. if you go on LinkedIn, like by now it's also a thing to to post something where you're like, oh, I failed at this and I failed at that. But in the end, it's like mostly humble bragging and like short, <laughs> but and actually it's saying, okay, this is how I still turned out well. Um, but yeah. much of it is all like there's good things happening to also good people, you know, like good for them. Yeah. I really mean it. But for you, it's like, I don't know, for me, it gives me anxiety. Um, and <clears throat> but I still also see it as a useful tool. Um, yeah. And, and, so starting to share things on my own, you know, on LinkedIn or on Twitter, it's like this consumption versus creation kind of balance um, is something where I'm for sure that that's that's destructive to me. Um, and drinking, I would say, even though like I'm not a heavy drinker, but I'm still, um, like, I don't know, even if it's, I don't know, you go out every second week or so, or, or you you drink more than you should. I don't know. It's still, it's still something that comes up, you know, even though I'm already quite good at keeping myself in check. Um, it's still something where that I want to limit even more in order mm -hmm. to get better at working at, let's say this all start, no finish thing. Mm. And I see. Uh, so that will, that will be it for me. Uh, I think all start, no finish. <laughs> That's uh, I, I find that to be very relatable. Uh, I mean, this podcast almost ended up as one of those things. Uh, I don't know if you if you saw it, like I recorded the first episodes like way back, like the first one in November or October 2021. Okay. I had like issues with my eyes and then I kind of scratched everything that was not necessary. And then mm -hmm. kind of started last summer again, a couple of episodes, problems with the eyes again, and kind of dropped it again. And then now it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put myself out there and just post on LinkedIn, see if, if someone actually wants to to join me for a conversation. And then the, the reaction was so positive that was just like, okay, take that momentum and just publish whatever I have right now. Just throw yeah, it out uh, there. Yeah, cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, now now I'm just yeah, I also jumped on that I'm super happy. Yeah, it's yeah cool. you did, and thanks a lot for that, uh, man. Honestly, uh, I'm so enjoying this conversation, and uh, like we never. I th honestly, I only remember once that like we. Like, yeah, I think we never really talked. We, so. we together <laughs> where we had a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, what was that gets, that's the beauty of LinkedIn. I think it was uh, process management, something like that. I think it was my first business information system class I ever took. Yeah, true. And uh, at, uh, that was. That was pretty much it. And now we have like a really our conversation. Like, I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, now go ahead. No, go on. No, you go ahead. I'll, I'll keep going. No, I actually uh, <laughs> okay, I wanted wanted to call it at this point. I feel like we, we reached a, a pretty good point. Um, yeah. like, give your last thought. It's a good closing. Hmm. You've done this uh, more times than me. Maybe you can 
you can inspire me maybe even only with a direction for 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 where this last thought should go to um oh no honestly like you were just uh, unbiased, about to say unbiased. something so i finished <laughs> mm. uh, so then i don't even know what it was but like you know <laughs> closing thought closing thought i think Um, boiling all of this down is really like we're all in the same boat when it comes to um, to these struggles and trying to overcome them like way back so it's like super important to talk about it super important to be aware of it super important to be aware of also how you can shift your environment to reflect the kind of the position you want to get into, right? Like you can put yourself into um, environments where there's more consumption or less consumption or more pursuit of goal, more pursuit of um, something that puts you further away from that goal. Um, and it's once you become aware of your power to actually shift these things. And with, in addition to that, get aware of the true responsibility that you have towards yourself. Um, really, the only limit there is, is your discipline. And mm -hmm. exerting and training that discipline. Because like, you struggle with like, all start, no finish, like I have now a group um, of friends, all very brilliant, um, guys uh only <laughs> um where we're going on a on a retreat at the beginning of february you know like we have sauna we have a cold plunge like and we get some intense uh, work done on our like ex extended yearly reviews um and like i said all very smart guys and like i i saw their yearly reviews and they're all also struggling with like be it getting out of bed in the morning or like starting what like finishing what they start so it's like we're not in this alone and yet because we are not really um like we only see the highs of the other people whether that's on linkedin or the grades in university or the, like on VU, even the ranking and you're like yeah and you forget that these like these people that are like comparative like if you are the number one student in a certain like class you are the top point whatever percent um and some people in that class maybe too because you have some sort of um selection going on in order for you to get into that class um so you are at the top and yet you still have the same issues um but no one really talks about them um and by this like everyone's by themselves thinking about the other person like oh my god like how is this person like so good at this and i'm like envying him oh <laughs> quote from naval that i need to add at this point <laughs> that i it's a really good idea that i, that I like a lot it's like when you envy a person right um and when you think you, i'm sure you're familiar with that um oh this person has like I don't know, he has the bigger boat or he has more money or the better career or the prettier wife or the like better behaving kids. 
Um, it's not like you can cherry pick um, the, the details of, of, of someone's lives and, and make them into yeah. yours. It's like you can either switch completely or you can't, like, or not nothing at all. Yeah. Right. Except if you buy the same boat that, that they have, but <laughs> that's that, that's not the point. And that like that is really powerful in stopping yourself from comparing yourself to to other people because it's like it's either everything or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Family. Huh. Brain. All of body, it. Yeah. Like every yeah. single thing. And if you wouldn't want to ch change everything, like don't even think about changing what, like desiring one thing from that person. Um, because why? Um, now, circling back, I think it's uh, becoming aware of, of this, the power that, that, it, that you have in, in changing these things is something that should should be more openly discussed to some extent. And that's, I think, where all these people that are now discussing it, you know, like Huberman from a neuroscience perspective, where like, oh, if you drink coffee and then, da, 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 like you get better, like you get your answers. Like you have all these new kind of gurus popping up, repackaging thousand year old wisdoms um, into something that we can digest today um, and are craving for because we don't really know where else to get it. And we're like, so in this rut of, um, we're already so good, you know, and it, everything's so comfortable. Like, what is now? And we're coming into a position of, like, of power to some extent, like maybe you make some money and you now, like after you start, stop studying, right? Like you make some money and like suddenly you can do everything that you want. Um, to much more than <laughs> when you were studying uh, because noodles were, <laughs> were everything. Um, and <laughs> you, you, you get into a position to where, where you need to be, where you can either be ignorant or aware. And by becoming aware, kind of taking the red pill and um, interacting with all these questions and topics, um, you, your life, you get more chance at making your life better because you get more aware of what it is that you need to do in order to drive it into the direction that you actually want to get into. I think that's it. That's, that's a, that's a beautiful closing. And Amazing. Georg, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Are you in, enjoyed this? In, where are you right now? I'm in Stanford. I'm in Stanford right now in my, okay, in my apartment. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so uh, you're in Vienna? I'm in Vienna, yeah. It's like yeah, okay. nine PM here. Pretty sharp. Um and <laughs> all right. Let's call it a day, man. Let's call, Let's it, call it a day. day. And Georg. Thanks a, a lot. Conversation. Hope to continue that <laughs> and at some point in the future. Yeah, me and too. And everyone listening, bye.